0: Every time that we gather, we got all the time in the world. Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carl Sushan. Carl, uh, we have one of our... Our favorite so let me, guest. Let me
1: just stop you right here. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting late. Uh, at least late. let me um, say we have one of our favorite uh, guests today. How about that? Well, it's yeah, it's not you, but we have another guest. Um,
0: and oh, I'm a guest on my own podcast. And you're right, okay. yeah, You're the
1: you're the star and the guest of your podcast. Um, but I was a little late coming to the podcast because I was really enthralled with uh, with this cool new book I'm reading. It's called On the Clock: Behind the Scenes of the Detroit Red Wings at the NHL Draft. I was reading my signed copy from none other than. Helena St. James, free press, beat writer extraordinaire. Um, and I
0: believe she's our guest this week as a coincidence, right? Yeah, well, what I want to know from Helena is where she ate New York. Oh, no, this is the whole podcast now. It is. because no, where Helena. she shopped in New York. She didn't care no, about eating uh, Whatever. There. No, where'd she eat New York, Helena? Because the wings played the the, the the airport Islanders hotel.
2: Racing. The airport hotel. <laughs> which well, I got she's... in midday after a very long day, the previous Day uh in the snowstorm getting up at five AM to take a seven AM flight to Montreal, Thursday, Friday, got to La Guayra, ate at the hotel, went to the arena. Uh you know, my there's there's more <laughs> to my traveling than just places to eat and shopping. I know colonists do it differently, but beat lighters.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, it's all about
2: Finding the way to the arena.
0: No, the shopping is, that was Carl's his comment, because, he you know, he's a, he's a sexist who's ask stuck her, in the 70s. Her, and he just shopping. assumes that if you're a woman, that's what you're going to do is shop. I was actually where, ask, did you at least eat in Montreal that wasn't at the hotel?
2: Uh, yes, but, you know, again, it, it was just uh, nonstop work. I mean, arrived day of the game, went to the morning skate, the dads were there. Uh,
1: All right, right. No, know. nobody. Our bosses aren't listening. Just tell the truth. <laughs> not the Kirk doesn't care. Anjanette doesn't care. Just tell us what you really did. You had, you know, but but if you tell, Sean I did have had... a really
2: good cup of coffee and discovered okay. Starbucks makes a blend called um, Nordique that is not. I've not seen available in the United States. So. Well
0: no, Helena makes a good point. The truth is that the dirty little secret is it's it's really best for baseball writers because they're in town three or four days. And although they have a game every day and often usually at night, you can at least go get good lunch somewhere, right? But with basketball or hockey, and you've covered both, both you're right. It makes it a lot trickier. Yeah, too.
2: and in hockey there are morning skates, you know, so that eats up a, a lot of your day. Um, you know, and always stuff to write about so um wasn't it was, it was a it was a very short trip to uh this time i would have uh, probably gone out to dinner wednesday night in montreal but because of the snowstorm my flight was delayed till the next day so
1: uh well were, were you right? able to were you able to stay next extra day in new york at least or did they have like availability and you had to get back for that
2: no i just uh returned home oh you're breaking uh, sean's heart helena
0: no, it's okay. I know, Helena, uh, at least uh, once or twice a year, you go, you, you know, you have an extra day somewhere on in some interesting place, right? Vancouver. Oh, yeah, she loves I, Vancouver. I British Columbia, right? You love British Columbia? I
2: do love Vancouver. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic now, I haven't been there in a few years and just uh, travel, uh, figuring out travel and such. So, But, yeah, Vancouver is fantastic.
0: Well, at least we can say this. LaGuardia remodeled... Uh, or renovated their airport, and I don't know. Yeah, if and
2: now you get ten thousand steps in just trying to get to your gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no, fantastic. it's it,
0: it's a long way. Did you did you stay at that Marriott right there in Laguardia? Yeah, yeah. I figured the one thing, the other thing too, Carlos, about Laguardia is that there's no public. Well, there's a bus, I guess, but there's no there are no trains. So JFK, you can take a train in. If New Newark, you can take a train in. But you're stuck in a cab or Uber out of Laguardia to get to the arena. I would assume that's what you did, Helena. We did, yeah. We did. Yeah. All right, now that we have that out of the way, what what, what are we talking about, Carlos? Are we going to ask Helena where she's ranking the Red Wings in the four major uh, pro sports teams in terms of the rebuild, and who's going right. who's going to catch the Lions? You
1: need to ask her how the directions to uh, to Joe to a uh, hockey town in uh, LCA, so you can go watch a game, Sean. I don't think you've been out this year, so it's time. She's lonely, oh, yeah. man. She's lonely up there. You
2: know, the you can see. The arena from Fort Field. I mean, just cross. Yeah, Woodward, no, no. Actually, I, I, as 75.
0: Of, as of right now, I'm going to try to get there next Tuesday night. And I know that Carl's is oh, just going no, to say I that That's because, because oh, Connor God. McDavid's there. I know that he's going to say that. But uh, it's the only player he knows in the NHL outside of Dylan Arkin, probably. No, I know lots of players. It's just he's kind of a fun player. But uh, no, I. I uh, we, we, uh, I was a little bit ill there for a bit, Helena, so we, we kind of pushed back last night. It did go to the, the Eastern Michigan game there, Carl. So you'd be basketball. You'd be, yeah. Oh, uh, I can't believe it. You went to the basketball game. They had glow sticks. They, they were passing out. They kept trying to push a glow stick on me. What did, what did Amani base do? Like 50, 60, but they lost by 20. No, they actually won. And, uh. And he, he played uh, a, a smart team game. In any case, that's not what we're here to talk about.
2: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> uh, and when I landed in Montreal, so first we had to wait for a gate to be plowed in order to be able to pull in <laughs> at uh, Pierre Trudeau International Airport. And then speaking of glow sticks, uh, those glow sticks, you know, they stand and guide <laughs> you in your plane. I'm sure that's the technical name. The guy then went over and tried to help de-ice the jet bridge I could see it from my window. Uh, that's that's a level of commitment to, you know, when you travel in, in winter times, that, that's another use for glow sticks. I, I, you know, was half expecting, Nicholas Littstrom always used to joke he w- was going to buy Thomas Holmstrom an ice scraper because he would always see him using his credit card to scrape <laughs> off his windshield. This was at Joe Louis, uh, you know, days before they had an underground garage at Little Caesars. Players well, the, really buffed it there. They had to de-ice their own car. No, they
1: had they had attendants. They used to tip them big. Um, that was part of the deal. You know he was too cheap.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but yeah, he used to he used to be cited. Uh, that's funny. He used to use the ice
0: it's not. It's not surprising that you had to wait, and they couldn't plow or couldn't snow or get rid of the snow because socialists—they don't want to work, right? And that's what they are up there. Is that right, Carlos? Is that your world theory? There? That's my world. But I, I'm the one of the things I remember about Joe Lewis that that always made me
1: envious was after the game, you know, you're you're walking out, and they had this side door exit that you could take, and that's where the players parked, and the attendance. It was like a high-level hotel, like that kind of level of commitment and uh, and service. But what they did was they warmed up the players' cars and they were like, it was like there was if there was snow, or whatever, like nothing had touched these cars somehow. So these there's like Porsches and and beamers and whatever pulling up and they're like, oh, nice and toasty warm. And the players in their little European suits are getting in. It. I was like so jealous. Like we had to walk like across the street under that stupid uh, parking lot and the gravel and the crawl snow. Crawl through
2: a fence. Crawl over a fence. <laughs> and yeah, it, was yeah.
1: like, it was like Navy SEAL training just to get to your car and hopefully there's not anybody there to mug you. But well, these no, guys are yeah, luxury warmed cars. So Homer, yeah, it was, like, Homer was not uh, very smart about scraping his own
0: windshield. Or two that chief. dirt gravel parking lot underneath the... Yeah. Deck. It was it was like a scene out of a, a hit in a gangster movie. You know what I no mean? No
2: one could hear you scream, back Yeah, no, for sure. Uh,
0: yeah, those those were the days. It's not surprising though that you were jealous, Carlos. Uh, ever ever resentful of the world. We, we maybe Helena can help you with that today. Yeah, no. Yeah. Provide l- we're provide a little therapy. Just accept your yourself, your life, and realize that you're okay. No, I'm always uh, I'm always angry and looking over my shoulder, Sean. That's how
1: that's that's my brand. Is All that, right. Who is cares? It, We're here to talk about brand? the Red Wings. What what's going on? Let's let's talk hockey. Your favorite sport, Sean. Let's do it. Well, I do it with the Red Wings. Why can't they win three in a row? What's going on? That's true. Uh,
2: that's a bad. That's yeah. Uh, that's not not. They can't win uh, three in a row since uh, Thanksgiving, uh, and you know they lose at home to Columbus. They lose at home to Philadelphia. Those are not good signs. When you know they go into Vegas and win, which is great. They beat uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs for the first time this decade or something, you know, uh, that's terrific. But the consistency is what they're still looking for. And that's why this, you know, coming out of this bye week, it's going to be really, this is where they're going to show whether they're any better than than last season or not, because they were in similar position last at this point. And then, you know, they started those 11 to 1, 9 to 1 blowout losses, and that really tarnished you know, what they had accomplished the first two-thirds of the season. So that's really, I think, something to keep an eye on coming out of this week.
0: Okay, so if we if we say there, and I think you've written this, and uh, Carl's, yeah. is, Carl's has written this too, and if Carl's has written it, then it must be true, mm. but that they're a little bit better than they were a year ago, at least up to this point, in what way would you say just organizationally? Uh, fewer risks, um, losing the puck a little bit less in the blue zone, that, that kind of thing?
2: Defensively, I mean, defensively, they're certainly playing better. And, and you know, they, they've cut some risk from, from their game. So in that respect, they're, you know, helping out their goaltender more. But I think special teams is probably one of the uh, areas where we more concern because it, it's, it's really just it's been so inc- inconsistent, their power play was really good for a while, their PK was really good, but they don't seem to be in sync with both of them being good at the same time, and they're not consistently good. And their power play problematic really really got to a point where, you know, you always say, okay, well, if it converts 20%, 25% of the time, it's really good. But at least the other time, get some looks, get some momentum off it, and they weren't even doing that. So I think special teams and then just scoring, I mean, they, you know, they, they find... They go through stretches where they score and then suddenly they they dry up. Um, now, part of that is, you know, they were counting on Jacob Rana and Tyler Bertuzzi for 30, 25, 30 goals apiece. And have hardly had either one of them uh, all season. So that, you know, significantly dented the, their offensive expectations.
1: Well, how much does that also you know, the injuries, how much does that affect their power play, their special teams units? Because, you know, they, they, those guys have to be part of that too. So if you're not, if you don't have that consistency on the power play, does that hurt them too, do you think?
2: Yeah, but they really have enough talent that, you know, to put together two good power play units that should be a little more consistent than than what they've had. And they've, you know, experimented with putting different personnel on each unit and such, but, um, you know, they, they still have enough, enough talent that I think they should be a a little more consistent.
1: Well, I mean, since, you know, Derek Lalonde wanted uh, Dan Campbell, Sean's favorite coach of the century to come in and give him a little pep talk, you know, he needs to follow Campbell's, you know, uh, a method and fire a coach, you know, and then everything, you know, gets rid of Anthony Lynn, the team plays better last year, gets rid of Aubrey Pleasant. they so get rid of Alex Tangay, you know, and uh, things will things will just skyrocket from there, right?
2: You don't think it's just sprinkling some powder blue in the locker room <laughs> here
1: and there? Honolulu blue, it's not powder blue.
2: Honolulu blue, I know.
1: Well, so that's the one thing what Sean was saying. Uh, just you know, the difference I think what I see from this team this year is compared to last year is, I mean, alone is just like drill that into like managing the risk, managing the risk. Anyone they lost to nothing to the Islanders. He said he wasn't really unhappy with how they played, um, but they just took some inopportune, to, you know, risk. Um, but overall, the, he he liked the way they played, and I think that's why Sean like we're not going to see the blowouts, the eleven to twos or whatever, because um, they're the only thing is they're not explosive. We don't see that explosion from them. That's the question, Offensively, right? but they're not going to get manhandled, and I think that's part of it, right? It's it's not only just losing, but it's the way you lose, the way it looks. Um, so that may take some, that may take another season before they get the guys that they want and hope maybe better health. Um, uh, but I don't, yeah, Helena, I mean, I don't see them ripping off three, four, which is, as you pointed out, three, four game wins, which is what you, they're going to need. They're so far back now. But, yeah. No, first. I
2: mean, they, they've been talking about, you know, needing to go on a run for a month and they can't, you know, get past the two victory in in a row. So, you know, the, the problem has been when they've made errors, it's ended up in their net. I mean, just some egregious turnovers. And it's what Derek has talked about, too, trying to find, you know, the right third piece on that Dylan Larkin-Lucas Raymond line because, like he said, in Montreal, um, Tyler Petrucci leads them in turnovers in all three zones. Um, you know, he he's had he's had various players up there And yeah, they have, they create chances, but they also have their fingerprints on goals against. So, you know, trying to find the the right fit up there has been an issue. But I really think, you know, Derek has a very good handle on this team and he works extremely well with Steve and he's very realistic. You know, when they were winning more than three games in a row earlier in the season, when they started the season with points in five strike games, he was the one like no no don't get excited <laughs> you know it's it's uh, you know they're they're playing better than they are and he's said numerous times you know this is who they are i mean when they're around 500 um no nobody in their organization outside of the players expects them to make the playoffs this year i mean they don't they don't have the superstar player um that that marks you know a, a championship or a playoff of team so but it is important that they show that they're further ahead than last season.
0: So so my question to you, Helena, is uh, to your point about the lack of a superstar player and maybe Carlos was talking about the, the lack of explosion offensively, which kind of go hand in hand with the superstar player. Um, if they don't have it um, and you're going to be a little bit better, like they have been, than a year ago, and they're going to be a 500 team, how tricky is it then to find one? Do you, do you end up getting stuck in this kind of purgatory or do you just have to get lucky, or eventually just take a swing in free agency? Or,
2: well, it's it's interesting. I mean, they they were had a lot of interest in Bo Horvat, who uh, the New York Islanders ended up swiping uh, via trade from the Vancouver Canucks. Now, uh, as we talk right now, I would expect the Islanders are going to be able to extend him. Uh, if if somehow he does become a free agent this summer, the Wings are certainly going to take, uh, you know, to, uh, try try and secure yeah. him. Uh, luck helps, you know, if they finish uh, no worse than 11s from the bottom, they'll be in the draft lottery. And, you know, do you believe that one of these days our the luck is going to change? I mean, it would be amazing if they could add Conor Bedard um, this summer via yeah, the draft, but I don't think, you certainly can't bank on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, luck, luck plays into it, you know, and they haven't had any in the draft lottery. Steve has done a really phenomenal job with the way he has been able to pick. You know, but um, but they just they haven't they haven't been able to to get that franchise player uh, that that change, that's really going to you know move the needle on the rebuild.
1: Let me ask you: Do they do they uh, you know Larkin and Bertuzzi are in their final con- year of their contracts? Do you bring? I mean, I think Larkin's a no brainer, but do you bring Bertuzzi back? I mean, you're mentioning the turnovers, and that's exactly what Lalone does not want, even though he's. He can be an ex- explosive offensive player, but he's had some injuries. Think they bring him back?
2: They've certainly been talking. You know, it, it's been complicated by the fact you know Tyler has missed significant times. I think he has one goal in his 17 games because of two hand injuries and then uh, lower body injuries that cost him a week. Most recently, he's just never been able to get into any rhythm. You know, last season uh, between injuries and the travel restriction situation. Uh, the year going back to 2021, he had the back surgery. You know, he, he just hasn't been available to them a whole lot. Now, if you're a contender, you look at him, and you can see going back to his days in juniors, he's a playoff performer. He's got a lot of grit. He's He's got a nose for the net. So I think they will try and, and certainly entertain offers for him. They can't just give him away, and ultimately – you know, if if nothing materializes on the trade front, I could see a situation where a one-year deal, you know, makes the most sense. I mean, because what's Tyler's leverage, really? I mean, he, he did score 30 goals last year, but doesn't have much statistics-wise this season. So um, I, I think he's certainly somebody on the trade block. Dylan, you know, I, I think both sides certainly wish that that deal was already done. I have a hard time seeing Steve trade him. I mean, Dylan is is a key part of the rebuild. The, the situation from the Wings' point of view is they've offered eight years at eight million a year, and you know they need to consider that uh, next season it's time to look at extending Lucas Raymond and Moritz Simon who are going to get significant raises. So it's all about balancing the budget and fitting guys in at the right number.
0: I mean, would you want Larkin ideally? Um on your second line instead of your first line?
2: Well, I mean, that would have been the plan if, if Bo Horat was going to be added right, to the team, right. you know, but that's where it's kind of, uh, as of now, he's he's still the first-line center.
0: What do you think it says that um, Carlos has uh, decided, decided, and again, we've established when he's decided something, it's the, it's the rule and uh, maybe even the law, that the wings um are in the second best position of the four in terms of rebuilding. And then how sad is that if they are in fact the second <laughs> best considering where the Pistons and the and the tigers are?
2: <laughs> well, they've been at it for a number of years, right? And you know, Morse Sider and Lucas Raymond really have come in and made a huge difference. Would it expect Simon Atherton, the the first the first round pick from twenty twenty one to to join next season's team. So, um, you know, I I think Steve's done a a masterful job in in four years in really pushing this team forward. I just think, you know, Wings fans have had it so good for so long that people maybe forgot how long it took Steve to win his first cup as a player, you know, drafted in 83, which is a huge first chapter in my book. And it's not until 1997 he lifts the Stanley Cup and in between there, they had the 1989 draft with Nicholas Lidstrom, elite defenseman and master of clearing off people's windshields, apparently, and <laughs> Sergei Fedorov. You know, like two uh, two first ballot Hall of Famers. So um, the Wings need to keep drafting well and keep developing. Um, you know, depending on on how things go, I could I could see them making a playoff push next season you know they're also in in a tough division i mean i think coming into this season a lot of people would have looked at the boston bruins and think well maybe they're going to start to fall off and you know they're beating absolutely everybody uh you know they they're going to probably i mean they they've been phenomenal so um you know that that's there's there's more competition there's more competition with players there's more teams in the league that it's it's tough but i do think you know the the wings uh the wings are are going in the right direction it's just it's been tough again this season again going back to no and nobertucci and those would have made a significant difference uh had they been available the whole season
1: just wants to he just wants to plan his uh playoff travel itinerary and, which fabulous
0: restaurants he's going to eat at no and no
1: i was thinking is about it what, going to be chicago where is it going to be
0: no i was thinking about yeah no no thanks on, I, chicago's fine no alina i was thinking you were talking about eiserman in that 14-year gap or 13 year whatever it was before he won won the cup it was sort of the opposite back then though because they they could score they had plenty of years in the i mean because they had eiserman right but they but beyond that they they often had goal scorers they just couldn't stop anybody until they you know started Contended for the cup, and they got a lot better defensively. You mentioned Lidstrom. It seems now they got to go find people that can really score. I mean, I know Bertuzzi can some, but um, and Vrana in theory, but it's uh, no. I mean, it's that's in, why the Islanders.
2: That's why the Islanders wanted Bo Horvat because they they had such a hard time scoring, and no. their power play was, you know, really really struggled. So now you add him. I mean, they're they're you know look at themselves and you know they were expected to make the playoffs last season. Uh, and had you know started on the road, and then were hit by COVID. So that's why scores are at such a premium. Uh, it is it is it's gotten so much harder to score because teams, all teams for the most part, you know really focus in on on playing strong team defense and and denying quality scoring chances.
0: Right, and there's also more size and speed defensively. It's I I don't know if you saw that video from Eiserman maybe back in December. He was talking about this. And how much the games change, and just why it's so much tougher. And part of it's because of the skill of the defenseman, the, the quickness, and the size. And it's like it's like every sport, though, right? I mean, just the the evolution.
2: Yeah, no, I, without question, you know, it was great uh, back in November. The '97 and '98 Cup champions were in town, and they all talked about, you know, how fast the game is nowadays, yeah. and how they would <laughs> just get get blown by, uh, you know. It's and, true. and I mean, uh, several of them. Look like they're still, you know, at their playing weight. Uh, that you could have a pretty good old timers game if you if they suited up. But yeah, it is. It's 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 funny you you bringing that up. You know, because um, we look forward to seeing you at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, you'll find there a great view. Carlos can back me up. You you really have a bird's eye view of the of the of the action. You're sitting, you know, almost right over the ice. It's a fantastic view. But in Arizona. They, they play at a college rink. So we were, the the press box was, you know, like, I don't know, 10, 12 rows up. Uh, you're sitting and you just appreciate the speed so much for, because I've, and I've told players this, you know, we sit up in the press box and it's so easy to see like, well, why didn't you just make this play? It was right there. And then, you know, you sit near closer to ice level. It's like, wow, this is really fast. You have no, no time. So it, it is. It, it's just, it's, you run out of time and space uh, before and lose the puck before you even realize it.
0: No, it's, it's fun. Well, I promise uh, when I do come, I will, I will go grab whatever candy you want and bring it. So you don't have to get up from your seat, uh, refill your coffee, you know, whatever, 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 whatever I could do. And by the way, your point about sitting down, that's true. Carl's has probably experienced this at the NFL level. I remember the first time I was down because you used to be able to, Get down on the field. I don't remember what the circumstances were, and watching that up close or anything, right? It's just it's sort of breathtaking. (laughs) And uh,
2: it is is. the difference at field level, ice level, compared to being higher up. uh, It's 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 incredible. Uh, It really makes you appreciate what the how how fast the game goes.
0: Carlos uh, uh, or Helene, I have one more quick question for Carlos. Is going to take us out, and I want him to mention your your book again. But um, do you think? and this is maybe just a broader philosophical question from the perspectives of fans, is is it more frustrating when you have a young team that's rebuilding that's good or at least decent defensively and that's how they're coming up or when they're decent offensively and they can't stop anybody? I'm curious what your your perspective on that is.
2: Well, I think it's least frustrating if they're good defensively and struggling to score because I still think that's... You know, you you still have a better chance of, of winning if you can't stop anybody. I mean, f- few teams can. I don't know, less than a handful of teams can outscore their their mistakes. Uh, the Wings used to be able to, or the Wings used to be able to, you know, twenty years ago, wait to start playing in the third period, and it was it was. I was struck with that when Columbus uh, was in town in January because the Wings just it was just staggering how poorly they played for two periods and then and really you have to credit the Columbus Blue Jackets for starting the Wings' comeback because it, the Blue Jackets knocked the puck into their own net on the first Wings goal um, <laughs> you know and then they made it 4-3 um, you know but but they don't have the talent to just play in the third period but I do think as much uh, as, as hard as it is to score uh, you know I mean it's how you build teams is, is, you know you start You got to get the defenseman who, I mean, that's, you know, you look at who Steve drafted in. uh, with his first pick was Moritz Sider, a a big defenseman, and then, you know, you start building around that.
1: Sean's just picking around the edges because he's already trying to write his Connor McDavid column for next week. Um, And, I mean, you just need to remind Sean how many – how many playoff series Connor McDavid has won, or Austin Matthews? No, uh, it's not it's about that. It's great to have superstars. You you absolutely need them. Well, but... that's
2: exactly the thing. You know, like look at look at Edmonton. Toronto got Austin Matthews. Look at uh, how many New Jersey. I mean, they picked first two out of three years. Buffalo has had some incredible picks, and those teams. Buffalo, you know, is still struggling. Um, you know. Toronto, I don't believe has won the Stanley Cup since 1967. They have won mean, a playoff still, series in how long? Yeah, it's still incredibly hard, even when you get those, you know, oh, franchise-defining sure. players.
1: No, they, for sure. last year, and I, I think Sean, we've talked about this, but as a Kings fan, I watched the the Kings weren't supposed to really even make the playoffs last year. They get the Oilers in the first round, I and mean, the Kings suck. Everybody's old. Drew Doughty was even wasn't even in that series. He was hurt. He's their best player. Great. Defenseman, you know, runs the power play, all that quarterback. And they they should have beaten them in six. They should have beaten your boy Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel and Mike Smith. They have the Oilers. Like, I'm like, if, if they win, if they make it to five games, I'm had I'll be happy. Like, nope, they should have the King should have eliminated the Oilers in game six at home. Um, but they played a holistic game, and it's the ho- hockey's primarily a defensive game, and then of the playoffs. As you remember, Sean, when you used to go to the, the last time you go to, went to Wings games in the playoffs, it tightens up even more. Like you just can't, you know, and it's as a, I hate Connor McDavid just because I he's, you know, a rival of the Kings and he's an oiler and I hate all Oilers. But but I cannot deny the dude can just take over. He just can cut through people. Austin Matthews is insane. You know, I'm there it's impressive what they can do the wings are lacking that player for sure but you got to build a team there's no shortcut there's no they're going to want one right a column where the wings just need to do this and that's not true they're going to have to do a lot of things special teams but defense and adding and i think that's the curious thing to me with bertuzzi is can he become that player if he's healthy he's not going to be mcdavid but i mean that kind of like electric type player because you know if he gets traded, he's going to go to same playoff team, and you know he's going to have a hat trick in the playoffs, and everybody's going to like be biting their like, why did that not happen here in Detroit? Sorry. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I had to plug your book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you try, you know, it's, I mean, that's, that's the risk you take, but they have to get into the playoffs first to see, you know, whether that's what Tyler is. I just think the concern now with Tyler is how much he has been injured and you know, contract-wise, where he can fit in. But, um, you know, to wrap this up, I think overall, I mean, Steve Steve has done a good job. I I just think it takes a little more patience. And, you know, they've unfortunately missed some players that they were really, really counting on, and and they don't yet have the depth. Um, You know, and to me, it was kind of a telling game, too. They were in Colorado on, on Martin Luther King Day, and... Colorado, even without Gabriel Landeskog, just manhandled them. I mean, it was Kale McCarr and Nathan Kale McCarr is amazing. And, yeah, and and Nathan McKinnon just you know ate them alive, and you know so that was kind of like okay, well, well, do they still have uh, a ways to go rebuild wise, but. You know that that shows you. Uh, I mean, Kale McCarr was a number four pick. You can so you can get lucky uh, in the draft too. I mean, and certainly saida and Lucas Raymond have been phenomenal picks. It's just the wings. The wings still need a little bit more, and they need those players to grow. And um, you know, the draft, as a write about, it's. I mean, that's and and now more than ever. I mean, that's how you build teams because you just you rarely see superstar players hit free agency. Because teams th- teams hang on to them.
0: Well, you don't have to have Connor McDavid to win. Obviously, as uh, as Carlos points out, but you do. You know what, ye- Sean?
2: Why don't you use your power to get uh, Dan Campbell over there that on Tuesday?
0: <laughs> <know>? Yeah, like <laughs> like I like I have any. You two power. can
2: com- you, you two can commute from Ford Field. Gar- Carlos find your the, way over there together.
0: <laughs> Carlos is the one with, with with all the power. You're right. You don't have to have a superstar, but uh, I mean you you don't have to have that superstar. You know, maybe if you had Dylan, Le- Dylan Larkin level players on the first three lines at all three spots, then maybe you know that's like the old Pistons model from two thousand four. You could you could maybe win that way. You have a lot of really good players, but no great players. If you get enough of them, maybe that maybe that would do it. Who knows?
2: So the the let's say the could be phenomenal. Spring wings get the number one pick. Pistons get the number one pick, and then they should go back to play in Paris, right? They oh. they went too <laughs> soon before they got. <laughs> So, yeah. wouldn't that be something if if?
0: if to that, Sean's
1: so, dream to get number one pick and go follow him in Paris. Well, or... I just,
0: I just, uh, yeah, forget Paris for a second. I just think, I just think it would be fun. When's you the can last time our, this... you
2: could be our Emily in Paris, Sean in Paris, <laughs> yeah, tracing yeah. around and just sign her dots. It's Emily in yeah, Paris,
0: being all American and everything. I think, uh, I think it would be fun. When's the last time this town had a? I mean, Miguel Cabrera, maybe. Had a, had a player that was that transcendent in their sport. It's it's been a while. I mean, the, the the Lions are you know their biggest star is the coach. The same with Michigan football. I'm just trying. Yeah, to There was a guy named Calvin Johnson. I mean, he was pretty good. Yeah, but he was he he was he he was good. But it was yeah, it's been a while, right, Helena? It
2: has been
0: a while. Yeah. So that would be that would be really fun. Anyway. That could
2: be a book the three of us write
0: yeah <laughs> oh yeah that'd be, that'd be that'd be great all right you t- tell us uh, tell us about your book one more time before we let you go
2: uh on the clock behind the scenes with the Detroit Red Wings at the NHL draft everything they've ever done at the draft and the start just a historical look at, at the draft overall how it changed over the years the uh, how the wings did how, uh, who they passed up on uh, lots of stories about players and scouts and general managers and just tons of of great information to uh, get you through winter and prepare you for the Wings draft this July.
1: Are you going to yeah. do a uh, a co book signing with Steve Eiserman because it's the 30th anniversary of uh of the '83 draft with him?
2: Uh, I could do one with Jimmy Devolano, who was kind oh. enough to provide the the forward and was the man who. Uh, who drafted Steve kind of played as a consolation pick at the time because they wanted Pat LaFontaine, which I also go into great detail about why he appealed so much. But uh, Jimmy D knew all along that, that Steve was going to be a terrific choice too. And as it turned out, he you know, transformed the franchise, But uh, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a lot of fun to write about just, you know, and you can do this for every team, but I mean, you know, they could have had Yaromir Yarger. Can you imagine Yaromir Yarger and Sergei Fedorov <laughs> on the same line in a mm. uniform? Like nobody else would have won a Stanley Cup for ten years. So, <laughs> uh, you know.
1: And yeah, it, uh, it was, what is it? What does this book set you back, and where can you get it?
2: Twenty dollars. Uh, you can get it at all fine bookstores, online, and if you want a personalized copy, you can email me hstjames at freepress dot com, and I'll be happy to ship it uh, anywhere
0: well thanks uh thanks for taking time with us Selena. um my pleasure keep up the great work as always and uh we will talk to you in the not too distant future and i will see you before that
2: awesome i can't wait
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and carl and carlos will too so all right we're gonna take a quick break here with uh with free press sports with carlos and sean i'll be right back to talk about carlos's favorite subject ben johnson and the uh and alliance welcome back to free press sports with Kosh and Sean Carlos uh thanks for bringing Helena in it's uh it's thanks always a pleasure you. to have her it's fun to talk about the wings it's uh maybe it's slightly depressing that that's the second uh most hopeful team around here Did you just record what we a, said, a or what she said and then you plugged it into chat GPT and she's gonna write
1: basically write your column for you about no or- no
0: this isn't this isn't what I'm gonna gonna write at all but um in any case let's uh, let's let's talk about lines I, I I really wanna let's put you on the couch here for a second I want to understand your fetish for Ben Johnson and your idea that he's somehow the reason that the uh, franchise is changing the culture is changing the the way these guys play the way they compete that that's all changing that it's all <clears> him I'd, uh, I'd I'd like to know where you get this idea that he is the more important cog than Dan Campbell which you wrote a couple of weeks ago and then sort of, kind of doubled down on that uh, this week. So yeah, I'm just curious where you come from. It's a really, it's
1: out of left field, Sean. Actually watched the games, um, so that's mm, kind of where uh, I got my opinion. With a bandana over your eyes? Uh, no, with uh, with my glasses on and watching the field, and um, you know, not not looking at at cat videos on Twitter like someone else I know in the press box. But um, yeah, I mean. You know, what I've written about Dan Campbell, you know, I know he's your he's your BFF um, soulmate. Um, I don't think you write about the lines as much as just write about it's an offshoot of the Dan Campbell era. But um, the thing with Ben Johnson is, you know, he's he's there's no question. I mean, if you if you follow this team, if you're a fan whatever, he's he's been transformative for this team, you know, and I think Dan Campbell will always give them a chance like he will always give them a hope hope because he's been impressive as far as uh if he's hired the wrong guy he's been willing to fire them and move on he saw enough in Ben Johnson to promote him um though not super not with a ton of conviction (laughs) he didn't give him play calling duties officially for a while uh so but, but Campbell, I, I like what he's doing. I really respect his job as an overall kind of executive, you know, guiding this team. But but, but Ben Johnson is just a little bit of an offensive – he's an offensive genius. I think he has the potential to be like this, you know, these uh, Sean McVeigh's, Andy Reid types, the guys who, you know, just really can command one side of the ball. And – um he's he's the difference I mean think about what, what you thought about Jared Goff before the season and what you think about him now that's all Ben Johnson we've seen the offense it's not only been productive it's exciting it's fun I think fun is now still allowed in the NFL so yeah there's no question and he's the reason I, as I wrote the Lions have they were very lucky for him not to get hired as a head coach or not whatever however you want to color it he didn't get a head coaching job this year he's probably Probably not going to happen again next year. He's probably going to get poached, so they have one season at, for sure with him coming up. Take advantage of that and go help your defense, especially the secondary and the cornerback situation, because it was the worst defense in the NFL. If you help them, and as you know, you can talk about this more in your column. You know, you mentioned Chris Jones, and you know you need some, and they are helping the the defense. They did a lot of they drafted almost entirely defense last year, but they need to really go hard at that because. Ben
0: Johnson is their window. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he's the he's the window at all. I, I first of all, Jared Gossman in the Super Bowl had nothing to do with Ben Johnson. Um, it was yeah. yeah I mean, was, he didn't. I don't remember Ben Johnson being on the staff. It was a terrible at, call in the Orleans. Is why he was in the Super Bowl. At, yeah. at L.A. Whatever. There's a there's a you know Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl right now because uh, you could argue Chris Jones and because Joe Burrow wasn't quite as sharp. A lot, mostly because he didn't have the time to throw, but. But still, he wasn't quite as sharp as uh, as he could be, and um, you know, with at that level of game, you you don't take advantage of the opportunities which aren't there very often. You know, it's funny, Helena was talking about that with playoff hockey. What's well, the same with the NFL? You you get up to that level this time of the year, and the best players are the ones that can take advantage of of the opportunities which are far fewer. It's just uh, it's just sort of the way it goes. It's not that complicated. But in any case, I don't remember Ben Johnson being part of those LA. The, those LA runs and uh, and what Goff did. It's not like all of a sudden he's just been yes, a backup. Co- he wasn't a backup quarterback all his career, and then co- came here and got resurrected by Ben Johnson. I mean, that's, a that's a little bit of an overstatement. That's a little bit of an overstatement, right?
1: I think it's not. I mean, it's not just Jared Goff. It's the whole offense. You know? Yeah.
0: No, they have better players than they did a year ago. They, they were or players that were young last year and who got better, as, as you know, Sewell in particular. He,
1: Right. Even the tight end, if you want to, you want to, you love to throw the the Hawkinson thing in my face. He got production out of you know Brock Wright and the other
0: tight ends, you know, and James James yeah, Mitchell. No, there's no question. They're not
1: great players, but he got he. They there's no question. Instantly.
0: But he had a he That's had a Ben sl- Johnson, but he had a slot receiver who took a leap from the the year ago. They DJ Chark who missed a lot of time, um, obviously, but he made some plays, especially late in the season. Right, He I mean, was a they, disappointment. What's that? He was a disappointment. Charco yeah, because he was much hurt. better. Because no, he was, when hurt. he
1: wasn't hurt. He was a disappointment.
0: No, You mean when he first started? Yeah, he struggled, but then he got hurt, and then he came back and made plays. And um, you're you're right about the tight ends. The offensive line play was great this year. I mean, I, I, it's a it's a lot of people. Goff started playing better last year at the end of last year when Dan Campbell started taking over the play calling. So I, you know, I, I don't know. But Ben Johnson was designing. He was designing the the passing game at that time for.
1: So we don't know how much of it was just Dan Campbell. Or I guarantee you, Ben Johnson had a lot to do with helping.
0: Well, no, of course he did. Of course he did. Sure he did. And he definitely has a a, a connection with golf. And golf will tell you that. But the the players will also talk about the bigger picture and what Campbell has done. And that and that's the key. And Campbell's not the kind of coach that would ever not do anything but give his guys. All the credit. We've not seen him big time anybody like that at all. It's not in his nature, which is part of the reason these guys like playing for him. In any case, you wanted to talk about the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And um I don't know if you want to talk about well, just tell me. You you said, hey, let's talk about the Super Bowl. So related to the Lions or just your own, do you have some kind of secret Philly love? No, I think I, I want to talk about the you know the teams that are making it to
1: the Super Bowl. And you wrote a you wrote an interesting, you know, column. Um about it about you know what you just referenced it what teams need you know beyond just uh one player they may not be one player away whatever but you know it's a copycat league and and uh you know you're you're mentioning all the different things that the the Kansas City Chiefs had that the Bengals didn't necessarily have and certainly in the NFC game um you know that was kind of a a screw-up because of Brock Purdy we'll hurt. never know will we we were robbed we were robbed from the, from Brock Purdy's greatness but we were but robbed of a
0: potentially great game weren't we
1: but that's but that's the whole point if you watched Brock Purdy and the 49ers throughout the playoffs up until the NFC title game against the Eagles he played pretty well uh you know he made plays he wasn't he wasn't amazing i'm sure that you know they they he wasn't i mean he for being Mr. Relevant, right? Last year. Yeah, no, draft, question. no question. Amazing. Um, but that shows you that, that San Francisco defense was so good and that team was constructed so well holistically. You know, good offensive line, Christian McCaffrey, all these different things. Um, uh, pretty good tight end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kittle, your boy, Hawkinson's boy, uh, Kittle. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really good team. and So I think the 49ers, unfortunately, I would have, love for them to get to the end of to, to the Super Bowl because it would kind of dissolve this myth of like do you really need Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow to get to the Super Bowl like you can do it with Mr. Irrelevant in his rookie year like what you know like that would just dis- blow people's minds up but well, Phil- Philly does that a little bit right eh, Jalen Hurts is a pretty high draft pick I mean he you know a he's a second real- round player Second round, I mean, yeah, that's okay. Even better, that's 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 true. And really good.
0: And I don't want to diminish his RPOs and his ability to run and and how he. Ch- I mean, their running game is in lar- a large part because of the the fact that defense doesn't know who's getting the ball when he right. sticks it out to the the, the running back. Is he going to keep it? To get I me mean, right? I mean, it's 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 incredible. And and he, and he he's become a better passer, but he doesn't throw the ball like Mahomes or Burrow.
1: Not yet, no. And but I that's don't know if he ever will. Maybe he
0: will. To. No, you don't. But that. But but your point is a good one because Philly is so good everywhere else. Also, like right. San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah. They have a, they have a
1: great defense, and they're they're if they don't win, I mean, because also Mahomes is dinged up, so that helps uh, Philly. But I I can't see Philadelphia not winning that game. You know, they're just too good on both sides of the ball. I mean, they're it's what are the number. One or two defense in the NFL this year. Um, uh, well, San Francisco was number one, so they were two. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's just that's and that and that shows you what happened, right? You, I mean, you lose Purdy, and that whole game just fell apart. You know, as good as San Francisco's defense was, they can't. You can't fight one with one arm behind tied behind your back and no offense. No,
0: no, I, I yeah, and I, your, your point, uh, Philly is not quite the example that. San francisco was but you're right san francisco got the super bowl and then won it and they may well have i mean uh they gave they gave the last time they were there and with garoppolo when they played the chiefs in the super bowl that was a game right i mean it was a really good game if i'm not if I'm, i don't remember what the score was but that's a, a great um maybe not complete uh, exact model for the lions but uh but it's a, certainly an interesting one right with the idea of golf well
1: the one thing, I, the, one, the one little thing I'll, and you know, everybody falls into this trap a little bit um, with this whole idea of is this the model for the Lions? Is this the path? Is this something? I mean, I think you mentioned something about a graduate student, a tenured professor. I mean, you're, you're, to talk about the Lions and this is the path. I mean, they have to, how about they just get to the playoffs and, try to try to win maybe one game. I mean, let's not it's kind of ridiculous if you talking about a Super Bowl run for the Lions and if they can copy this and that. I mean I can't you know and you're right the copycat league, I mean everybody like big, it's there nobody has original thoughts in the NFL so it's like, well what worked? But you can't like you said you can't get a Patrick Mahomes no you, you can't, can't you get can't it, you can't Josh can't, Allen.
0: No you can't copy Kansas City and Cincinnati. You can't.
1: Right. And that's and that's the thing with the Lions they I mean everybody borrows different things I guarantee you there's going to be some some people borrowing stuff from the Lions offense because of your boy Ben Johnson but but everybody looks at well, hey what's working let's use that but holistically as a franchise how you build a team I don't know that the Bengals or the Chiefs or the whatever you know they're doing something unique that like oh they're they're completely changing the way that People are uh, players are looked at or drafted or how they use them. They just have some really good players, some really good, you know, coaches calling plays and designing game plans, you know. Um, and that's or great why quarterbacks, good. right? Great quarterbacks, except for, for Purdy. And that's what's interesting is that's the historic one
0: historic quarterbacks, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean well, Mahomes, Mahomes for is, sure. Mahomes is for sure. he's the one guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. B- Burrow maybe too I don't early, know. way
1: too early for Burrow. But God, like, he Holmes throws he under, throws some balls though that are just. But at Stafford, but but yeah, Bur- I mean right now Holmes is he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's tracking toward that. It's way too early to say anything uh, to say that about Burrow. Great, he's a great player. You know, but he hasn't really. I don't think he's separated himself from the pack yet. From any well, I else. think last
0: year's run was was even more impressive because the, you know their offensive line was one of the worst in the league, and he still got him to the Super Bowl. Now, admittedly, you know he's got some yeah. players. I mean, Jamar Chase, he's got he's got guys, good and they're back. and they're good defensively, and they're well coached. Yeah, but um,
1: Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor's a really smart offensive mind. I mean, that's that's another thing that you know really and, helps. That's yeah, what I'm they, concerned about. By the way, with Campbell is he was he's never been a play caller and so he doesn't command one side of the ball you know so he's going to be a little subject to his coordinators he's got to hire the right coordinators and that's typically not the model in the nfl it's usually you were a play calling coordinator you get promoted and you can either take over or you have a strong influence on that side of the ball that's the only thing that campbell doesn't have he hasn't doesn't have that
0: in his background. I, I have a. Uh, I mean, from my understanding, he's got his hands all over that offense, and um, obviously less so on the defense. But it might be. I don't want to. I don't want to say Belichick because it sounds like I'm comparing him to Belichick, and I am not. But Belichick had coordinators too, but had his hands all over everything. Belichick and I just, was a
1: defensive genius for the Giants. That's why he, he got became a coach,
0: right? But he had a coordinator. But he had coordinators that he had pre- presumably let have some autonomy he still had his hands all over there right. and that's that's kind of how I, I view campbell he's he's got his hands everywhere it's like the, this this team is him in a lot of ways and i feel like the 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 to me and you and i may disagree about this a little bit to, to, to me the most important relationship he has is with brad mm-hmm. holmes and the, what they want and the kind of players they want and how they're building it and we've seen that with philly jalen hurts is a really good player what makes Philly great? They are great on both sides of the ball up front. And San Francisco's the same. And that shows you, right, that you don't have to have Burrow and Mahomes to do that. Now, Cincinnati's also good defensively up front, and Kansas City's got a freak defensively up front, right, who, who you can move around. He's a tackle who you can line up outside. And, you know, I mean, the last play, the offensive play for Cincinnati, Jones lined up way outside and, and got and sacked Burrow. So, that was after blowing up the pocket from the inside all game, like Sue used to do. You know, I don't, I don't know where that player came from. Right? He's been good, but he's has he been this? He, you know, he's had the season of his life. Yeah. In any case, that it it never fails. You get to this time of the year. Yes, you have to have offensive playmakers. Yes, quarterbacks are uh, obviously uh, helpful, and it's, the great ones are going to get there regardless. In some ways, but it's always the teams that are really good up front. On both sides, especially on the defensive side, that's how the Giants won their Super Bowls, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the
1: de- defense really—I mean, it's to me the defense has to be the complement to the offense because all the top offenses usually make it really deep in the playoffs because you need to be able to generate points real quick. And you know, in the NFL—it's—I it's, mean, it's—it's it's an offensive game. You know, they do everything they can to promote offense. You know and not to get back into the NHL, but the NHL's tried that too. It's just really hard. It's just the way the game is that it's you can eliminate the two line pass, you can make the goalie equipment smaller, but it's still primarily a defensive game. But NFL football, they've manipulated the rules so much that
0: it's they've made it a very offensive game until you get to this time of the year. The Chiefs Bengals was 23 to 20. You know, um, I imagine the Eagles 49ers would have been a lower scoring game if. Purdy hadn't gotten hurt, and they're not giving the ball away, right, and giving them short fields and all that. So that 31 points or whatever it was they scored, that Philadelphia scored, would come down. And, you know, San Francisco would have had the ball longer, right, the time of the possession. I mean, it just changed everything. But it is sort of amazing that, yes, you're right, it it's it favors the offenses in a lot of ways, but when you get to this time of the year, it's the teams that can get to the quarterback. And you you can talk about the secondary, and that's important, the best cornerback in the league this year played for the Jets. And to your point, right, they couldn't score at all and were good enough to kind of get themselves in a position to play for the playoffs the last couple of weeks. But because they couldn't score, they couldn't get there. And that, yeah, that, have a, they, they had an incredible quarterback who took away half the field.
1: Yeah. You can you can have a great defense that you're not going to win a game 0-0. You got to have somebody score for you. No, so.
0: it's, it's true. And it's yeah. harder to find that cornerback, right, that there are only a few of those. It's easier to find, uh, build a defensive line that can, that can bother a quarterback. I mean, the Rams—that's how the Rams won their suit. No, they had a great cornerback too last year. But that right, but Jalen Rams. I mean, and that's the
1: thing is the the, the problem with the cornerback is there's so many problems with it. Is they play on an island, you know, and the the all the all the rules favor the receiver in the passing game, and they get hurt easily. And even if they're great lockdown cornerbacks, the only you can go to the other side of the field, you know, like yep. it's it's yep. easy to move away from that on the line. With where are you the, going? <laughs> where are you going? All the stunts and everything. You don't know. They can disguise the the coverage and the rush and everything else. That's so, what Jones
0: did. That's what Aaron Donald did, right? I mean. Yeah. When Aaron Donald just comes at you, he doesn't, you, he's like, I'm going over here. Try to stop me and good luck. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, but it, it really is something. Yes, the offenses have to be there, but the offenses that have, a defensive line, or that usually the teams that win the Super Bowl or get the title games. Yeah, you have to have you have to have
1: you know all the pieces, and that's what the Rams. You know, I mean, the Rams, even when they they knew McVay knew he needed to get Stafford, he needed a, a, the quarterback that he wanted because Goff wasn't cutting it for him. He needed to get Jalen Ramsey. You know, even before Stafford, he needed that lockdown cornerback. And then at the end, he needed a linebacker and he got Javon Miller, right? You know, so he needed it's nobody's ever one player away, you know, maybe unless it was Tom Brady or whatever in his prime, but but you need you need key pieces at the right time. And uh that's what I that's what I hope the Lions can do defensively, is just really not I mean Brad Holmes, you were there in the press conference at the end of the year, and he's like, I don't know, what's a window? I don't know what a window is, and kind of playing dumb about it. Your window is now. If you're gonna Everybody tries to believe that we're going to build this so that it's intact and we can sustain it for years and years and years to come. And it's going to be generations of winning, you know, like every general manager wants to think that way. It's like, no, how about right now? The team is hot. You have the players and the coaches in place. You need to add some key pieces to give yourself and those, give yourself a chance this season because injuries happen. Other teams get better. All this stuff can anything can trip you up. While this iron is hot, strike and right now that means key pieces on defense go hard on free agency because also in the draft it's hard to get it's hard they they've done really well in the draft the last years but man getting great play out of rookies is is, is
0: expecting a lot yeah no Sauce gardeners don't come around very often right even Aiden Hutchinson you know and no no he's who who just got better as the year went on no if, for if sure. Brad
1: Holmes if Brad Holmes does this again and gets like eight sacks out of a you know what was uh, james houston. houston like a fifth, sixth round pick or whatever he was he does that again they just put him in the hall of fame for three straight years gets has really good draft you know drafts no, I know drafts. It's, kind
0: of, it's a kind of uncanny how many players he found in those two years but it's and we'll see if he can do it again but i think the whole fan base obviously wants more defense right now because golf's good enough it, it, uh, let's let's end this with this i'm going to get your thought on this i ran into uh and to uh, Dave Barquette. Actually, you did too. We were at a, we were at a gathering to take about a, some of our colleagues who uh, some are retiring and some are leaving for uh, for other pursuits. In any case, we so we run into Dave Barquette. Dave Barquette, who, who covers the lines for us. I mean, Y'all know him if you're listening to this podcast. He's nobody. Nobody. Nobody's better covering the NFL than he is. In any case, um, covering the NFL, the whole NFL. Well, I mean, Adam Schefter i I take Dave. I mean I'm I know I know that maybe sounds like a being a homer. You Adam Shepherd you're talking about guys who just you know talk to agents and break news. I'm talking <laughs> about guys that know the game and give you every level of reporting. Uh right in the way you cover team and the way you you get to know a team. That only, only beat writers can do that. Really good beat writers and they're none better. In any case, he was talking about um Pro football focus and some where they rank golf in a certain uh, kind of list. And they had him way down in the 20s, even though some other numbers have him, you know, in the top 10. And Dave was pointing out what these, what this particular, I don't want to call it a study, but this particular list pointed out was that the reason he was ranked there is because he, although he didn't turn the ball over, played great ball, the numbers are great in a lot of ways, he still doesn't make that many plays. On his own, and I know it's ridiculous to say on your own when you're talking about a game with eleven players out of there or ten other players, but that's an interesting thing to think about. Like, like what you get to this level that we've been watching, we're talking about the Super Bowl the last couple of weekends. Is golf good enough to make a few plays a game here and there? Right? We saw it against Green Bay. Actually, when he rolled out, now that was a design from Johnson, but he rolled back to his left and threw back to his right and threw a beautiful ball down the field. That set up their first touchdown against the Packers in the final. But, um, but I don't know. I, I'm curious what you think of that. Now, maybe that's just Burk- Burkett not liking golf. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know what? I mean, I
1: mean, you know, you talk to a Lions fan in an honest moment, a, a non deluded fan, a, a pretty reasonable person who watches the games carefully and is willing to be objective about this. And, Not ride the emotional roller coaster, and what you can say from watching golf. Let's just say this year, not even last year, but just this year, when he had a really good year, you know, it's true. He doesn't make these great, inspiring throws. These these back shoulder sideline throws. These scrambling and then a dart. You know down in the corner or find the tight end in the back of the end zone. you know he, he just doesn't do that enough he makes very good he can make very good plays and he has made very good plays especially at crunch time when they need a late drive a four minute you know drill drive kind of thing but even stafford you know even stafford made those kind of plays those yeah. like jaw dropping like whoa he knew it was coming and he threw it and and it wasn't always Calvin, but a lot of times it was Calvin. And that's what you're, you know, and you know, your boy, Mahomes does it. And you know, these elite quarterbacks and that's, I think that's the difference is between being a good quarterback, a potentially very good quarterback, but then also being, but then being an elite quarterback and it's the eye test with that. And it's okay. I mean, the Bravens won a super bowl, Joe Flacco, the, the Bucs won with Brad John. You don't have to be, and that's what the Brock, Brock Purdy thing was going to be interesting, an interesting test case. You don't have to be, you know, a, a messiah quarterback to make this happen. Um And even Stafford with the Rams last year, Um, you
0: know, he played well, but he wasn't like consistently amazing. But he, No, but the play he made the cup to beat the Bucs right to get to the AFC yeah. title. I mean he he had, play, great. he had a play each game that was just kind of oh he yeah he made
1: he made one or he he, yep. he would all, make one, that, yeah. one or two times he would makes those kind just of plays but he wasn't plays. mahomes he wasn't brady he wasn't in his prime you know but he was good enough goff is almost at that level um but yeah i mean i don't i, I can see it i i understand what what and and i I've, I've talked to some of the guys at pro football focus and you know and they a lot of it is not a lot of it but i think sometimes their stats are colored by what they see because these people are coaches they've been scouts they've been evaluators they know what they're looking at and they're you know like the old saying right if you if you torture a statistic long enough it'll tell you what you want to know you know you can look at all kinds of stats and decide which one fits your idea of what a good quarterback is turnovers or air yards or blah 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 you know but you look at Goff and you know the truth he's a he's a good quarterback but he's not an elite quarterback um and that's that's fine that's okay Sean it's, it's, it's you can still win with him
0: you can as we've uh, seen in this playoff run and yeah. um and uh we'll we'll see how this plays out in the in the in the Super Bowl again, it's not quite fair because to say that about Jalen Hurts, who played at an MVP level for yeah. most of this year, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Right? Amazing. So, yeah, no we we got a we got a firsthand account of that back in September at Ford Field. He, um, we were kind of like, wow. It was we we weren't sure what we were watching. I don't think remember it, like we well, so
1: we were. It was such a it was a fun game, a back and forth. It was like uh, high scoring. It was like nobody knew what we were watching. Are we are we watching the Lions go to the Super Bowl or are we watching uh, the the Eagles go to the Super Bowl or both of them lose or I don't know. It was crazy. yeah, we had no
0: idea. I remember we we're kind of like I remember you really? and I you and I did kind of think wow that doesn't quite look like the same Lions team that that even though they lost like that looked a little different.
1: Everybody after that game. Everybody in the NFL said the Eagles look what they look bad. It was an indictment on the Eagles after that first game because like how can they yeah, I was in Detroit, but how can they struggle against the Lions? Three wins last year. Oh my God, everybody was like scared about the Eagles.
0: And it turns out, you know, you're you're looking at a team, a Super Bowl team, and uh and another team that ends up going eight and two down the stretch, right? So it's it, kinda it turned out to be
1: a great game between two of the more surprising Good, te- best
0: teams in the NFL, actually in the NFC at least. Yeah, and there's no no, no question. I mean, I would uh, you, you could argue the line. I mean, you would argue too. The Lions were right behind Philly and in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. How far at behind is How far behind is is the question? But um, and that's a question we're gonna we're gonna get uh, Dave Burkett in here to, to talk more about uh, soon, right? I don't want to just say- buttering him up.
1: That's why you want to on the best NFL writer in the history of the game.
0: We we know he's coming soon. And uh, maybe next week we, we don't want to promise that because if he can things, squeeze things us in between orthodontics yeah, and coaching little coaching know, little basketball, he, he's coming soon. Because we, we this is this is a fun topic, and we want to let's face it—you know—the Lions are still the most interesting thing in town right now. And as long as it's football season, it is for another couple of weeks. We're gonna we're gonna—I mean—that's that's why you, me, and Jeff all have Lions columns <laughs> this, <laughs> this this week. I mean, there's a there's a reason for that. Anyway, all right, Carlos, let's take one more quick break. And we'll be right back with uh, my favorite thing and to finish up uh Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. Carls is that time of the show? Your favorite my time, time. My time. For your for your favorite thing. When I and, see my uh, thing and you steal it from me. Uh no, not 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 necessarily. But I uh I might I mean I'm you know, I might be influenced, but I don't really steal. No, it's okay, climb on my shoulders, Sean. I got plenty of room. I'll write. I'll, I'll oh, well, that's uh, that. That's I like that. That's much better than uh, the world's out <laughs> to get me. I like that, you know. Own you're your, not heavy, you're my brother. Own yourself. Own yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> own your space. I like that. All right. My favorite thing this week is uh, it, it was a
1: reminder of trying something new because. My wife got us to start watching this HBO series The Last of Us. It's based on a video game about uh, like a pandemic and kind of zombies and things and that's typically very much not my thing. Never watched The Walking Dead, all that kind of silly stuff. I really don't go in for that. But she's she was reading about it and like, "Hey, this thing's getting good reviews, you know, Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian's in it. Let's give it a shot." I was like, "Ah, uh, okay, From whatever. The Mandalorian? You mean from Narcos, man? Come on. And from Narcos, um, uh, and from Wonder Woman. And like yeah, so we like Pedro. And and so, okay, let's do it. So this last Sunday comes out on Sunday. Um, it was the third episode. And the first two episodes were were good. They were intriguing, good writing, good storyline, but kind of what you would expect. It's you know, zombie killing. And um at this last one, uh, it was the third episode, and she had read ahead, and the critics who all watch it ahead of time said the third episode of this series is like amazing um and it was it was i and the thing about it was i'm not going to spoil anything in case anybody hasn't watched it but the title of it is long long time it's named after the linda ronstadt song um that's used in the in the uh episode and I'm not going to
0: give anything away from it. Um she was old, trending, by the way, Carlos.
1: She was trending. Linda uh,
0: Ronstadt was trending, so that shows her, you the power of this. The
1: the downloads for that song from Linda Ronstadt went up 4,900 percent after that episode came out. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and so Nick uh, the only thing I'll say is Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett. If you watch the White Lotus, he played Armand in the first season, the hotel concierge guy. Love him. Um I've never seen an episode or I can't remember the last time, probably when I watched Mad Men, never watched an episode of TV where I thought not only are these two or the actors, principal actors going to win the Emmy, but this, this episode is going to win the show, the Emmy. It was, it was that good, Sean. Um, And it just reminded me, it reinforced uh, my wife didn't word it over me, but it reinforced sometimes it's okay. And you need to push yourself to get out of your comfort zone and try new things good for her and you good know maybe if her. you're a col- big time columnist go to a hockey game once in a while but but for me it was to to try a Are a you calling yourself show. a big
0: time columnist?
1: Yeah that's me that's what I'm talking about. Thank uh you. but to take a shot to take a, like a chance on a zombie TV show based on a video game uh like that I never I never would have watched this show on my own so and by the way little plug uh for the banshees of inisherin um really really good movie that i think it's been nominated for the academy or the yeah the academy award for best picture uh martin McDonough, he did *In Bruges*. she did three billboards outside of Billings, montana great great movie subtle it's an allegory it has um brendan gleason and um uh colin, um, colin farrell. farrell but the, the guy who really, and we've seen him in a few things, uh, Barry Keegan, he plays a young kid. He probably yep. will win the Best Supporting, or he could win, easily could win the Best Supporting Actor award. Um, so try that one. Stay with it. It's a slow kind of thinker, but it's really, really good. It, it'll, it'll have you talking for a while afterwards. So Banshees of Minister and uh, The Last of Us. So. And
0: Everything Everywhere.
1: All at once. Overrated. I, didn't, I I fell asleep. I didn't like it. I, think I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, a, little, it's that's overrated. A, little,
0: a little too much yeah. going on. People know. just love Michelle Yeoh. I mean, you don't and she like is Asian good in people. Yeah, that, that's the problem <clears throat> for What's some that? reason. You don't like Asian people because you don't like, no. you know, because no, you don't like Asian people. My best friend food. was Chinese, but no, I don't like Asian No, people. because you don't like Asian food because there's a little bit too much going on. <laughs> too in much it. spice. Oh, uh, well, by the way. So therefore, you don't like Asian people because you don't like Asian food. No,
1: by the way, you you. I have to blame you because you mentioned Chinese food last week. You went to get some Chinese food or something, right? I did. I think you mentioned Chinese food either. We were talking about it on our own or something. You you would mentioned get, having some Chinese food and uh, somewhere like you, you'd go with your, with your sons to pinball Pete's and then get Chinese oh, food. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was not very good Chinese food, but yes, but yeah, it, re-
1: like... it, it reminded me and it's a splurge for us because it's not great for you, but um, there's a, pretty good chinese food here in gross point park and and i was like, like i couldn't get that out of my head and i had to i had to order it and i was like dang it this is sean's fault for me getting uh, all this uh, msg msg in my system but it was wonderful yeah
0: no there are places out there Love where chinese. you don't have to have the MSG, A- msg but um yeah all right how are you going to steal that oh i'm not i'm not going to steal that i can't believe you think that movie should rated although i haven't seen it but, uh, <laughs> you haven't seen it but you know i'm wrong no well yeah i mean you know although by the way uh mark Fellhauer produces the podcast uh ml cell detroit our colleague mike Elric, i'm not going to call him ml i refuse to <laughs> said last of us he he didn't care about a single character i've not seen this show either my son loves it uh, my oldest does um But he said he didn't care about a single character now so sometimes people are just contrarian though right and you never know okay is that just somebody that's not enjoying it because that that's what's going on they don't want to be part of that screw that or you know is it genuine so that's i'm not sure maybe maybe with you with everything's everything everywhere all at once maybe there's a little bit of that going on i don't know
1: i think it's i think i think that movie is just it's very ambitious it, it it's it's kind of a fun movie. It jumps around a lot. Um, I give them a lot of credit for trying that, but uh, it, it, it lacked cohesion. I think it
0: lacked um, uh, a little too sophisticated for you to
1: follow. No, it was a, was it was was a little it? too silly. Was the problem? And, and you, don't like the like, you don't like the
0: multiverse. Do you don't like the multiverse. You don't
1: like the multiverse. But little things where it was like, okay, that's that's cute. Kind of what they're getting at here, but they kept going back to a version of that. Um, I don't know. It just
0: it just didn't resonate with me. The first Spider-Man uh, multiverse movie. I guess I shouldn't say first. There's only one, although there's another one coming out. Right. Was just. Oh, fantastic! Glorious, yeah. It fantastic. was just. It was really. Groundbreaking. It was yeah. It was really really something. Yeah, that's my favorite thing is talking with you about movies. And oh all, no and, no <laughs> no! So your favorite thing was the the get together. I'm sure. Um. That's what oh, I. I that's why free... I didn't say that that was my favorite thing. No, that, that 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 was great. But but my favorite part of that day, I hate to say it, it, it was great. We met a bunch of our colleagues at downtown at a restaurant and to say goodbye and have one more toast and and that was really great. It's bittersweet, of course. Obviously, it always is when when people that are talented and you care about um, You have to leave and uh, the get you thinking about the nature of this business. But I don't want to go down that road right now. That the best part of that day for me was that night and. Um, my boys had asked me if I wanted to watch the the title games with them, and I didn't get to see the first one because I was at the gathering. But we watched the uh, Buffalo, excuse me, the uh, Cincinnati-Kansas City game and uh, had some chili, some turkey chili, you know, trying to be a little mindful there. Real simple. And just sat out and, and watched it with them, and it was really fun because it was a fun game. It was a good game all the way down to the end. Obviously, we almost went to overtime until homes pulled it out. And um, you know, doing the, the the gutty thing, running to the sideline on a bad ankle, you know, right? It's uh, almost a cliche as you're watching that happen. In any case, it was just fun that they, it was fun that they wanted to do that, and Sam came back from uh, from East Lansing, and and so yeah, that for me that was by far the best part of the week, oh. is having uh, having them, and just watching a game. You don't get to do that very often, do you? Less and less as time goes eh, by. Eh, Can I ask eh, you
1: where they were they as as uh as invested in this as they were with lions with the no lions
0: no but they were i mean they had their team they were both pulling for cincinnati they like they just like there's they love burrow they love burrowhead they love they love burrow by the way i should apologize <laughs> to listeners if they happen to read my column the other day thanks to some uh readers oh my goodness i i i was thinking burrows burrows this burrows that you know like possessive burrows so i spelled the first time joe burrows Instead of Burrow, which is the correct, in a way to you know that's his name, and then proceeded to kept repeating Burrows in this column, and I did it eight times. And the reason I know I misspelled his name eight times is because a reader told me I misspelled it eight times. So, and this was thankfully early in the morning. It's like seven seven in the morning. The emails started coming in. I spotted them or saw the emails, and I immediately went in and fixed it. But oh, you can't fix it for print. I mean, have you ever written anything where you've gotten somebody's wrong, name wrong eight times? I've never happened to me before. I was just uh, that's no, I don't aghast. Think so. I don't think so. Uh, as much as I want to blame our editor, I can't do it. That's my fault.
1: So you've been just say you were reading some uh, Edgar that's Rice totally Burroughs. That's my fault. You're reading still, Edgar Rice Burroughs, and and you I, got you got in
0: you know you I had a uh, a brain cramp. A total brain grab No, it what happens you know where, you ever have that where you're looking at something on the page and you don't know it's wrong even though you know it's intellectual. In, you know it's wrong but you don't know what's wrong in that moment because your brain is not it doesn't register it it looks at it and it, it, it just it doesn't stop you and you think every, it's, okay, it's you think it's okay so you don't even
1: look it up every writer has some kind of little blind spot and whatever it is a simple word a difficult word a name or something and you try to remember like ah i gotta watch out for this blind spot because i used the wrong whatever it is tense or possesses possessive form whatever it might be and uh and you're right and when you're writing you're thinking and and creating it it's easy to go pat blow past the details. yeah
0: and then you go back and look at it again and you when you're when you're checking and you still don't catch it because your brain's not registered. and it's just—I know that that doesn't make any sense, but it's—but it, it does happen occasionally, and it's just—but eight times, dude! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Thank goodness for the digital era where you can go in and fix it. That reminds me—I need to—I need to respond to those emails and thank those kind, <laughs> those kind people with the eagle eye. All right, man, take us out. Hey, it's it's that time of the show. We have to thank everybody. It's gonna it's gonna change now, Sean.
1: Because actually, we did talk to Anjanette, and she said us straight on who we, how we have to thank her. Oh, so, we
0: haven't mentioned her. Yeah, oh we have I
1: mentioned her a little bit at the beginning, but somewhere uh, that she does not listen to this, but she does listen. We we found out that she has someone do her dirty work for us whenever we say bad things. She's alerted to when we say bad things, um, which I was I always
0: suspected but... Oh, but that no, was a we, former producer who was apparently going behind our backs. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: we won't no, mention his name. But no, we, we love will to mention head. We love our current
1: producers, uh, Andrew Hammond and Robin Chan, and our executive producers Kirkland Crawford and Anjanette Delgado, who is now double dipping and wearing two hats as the interim
0: editor of the Free Press, Anjanette Delgado, and Kirkland Crawford, the editor, the sports editor. I mentioned he's
1: executive editor, executive producer. He's he does more editor. than he does. We have more to say his title too. He, we do because he does a little bit more than
0: than spend time with this little. You know, that's true. Bypass. He creates like
1: the whole thing that we could so we can post it on our site. On our yeah, site, he's, um,
0: he's in charge of the the most important part of the newspaper. Not important, but Pink's uh, giving us raises. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say sports. This is the most important part. <laughs> Not to democracy, but it does uh, it does give people something to to, to distract. From the, the, the democracy around us, right? Yeah. How about that? And this hasn't gone long enough, so tell tell everybody where you can find the podcast. If you Spotify, like it. Uh, Apple, wherever you find your favorite, favorite podcast. When you get there, subscribe. That's the most important thing. Plus, it makes it easy. You, just, you get a little alert on your phone or your, your iPad, whatever, your laptop, your, your PC if you're, you know, a little bit older and need the bigger font there. Uh, and that's <laughs> fine, like I do. You know, I can I can certainly relate to that. But yes, yeah, su- subscribe and give us a rating. That'd be great too. But but mainly subscribe, and um, it'll make it easy on all of us. I think so. If you're here, you might as well do it. All right, Carlos, that was fun. I want to thank you, my brother, and uh, I look forward to this every week. And of course, I want to thank the listeners, all all six of them. I think that uh, <laughs> we're we're, <laughs> we're we're grateful to have them. Until next week, my man. All right. I'm waiting for you to salute. You're not oh, going to Oh, I salute. didn't know I
1: was allowed to talk. Okay. Yes. No, no. My brother, until next week with the, with the great Dave Burkett, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. If not next week, soon. We'll him soon. All right. I'll talk to you, man. And uh, we'll talk to you listeners next week with more Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. <laughs>